0: Good morning, NEI Hoops Nation, and welcome to NHR The Podcast with your hosts, Junior and Trev. NHR The Podcast is your Saturday morning dive into what is happening around the NEI Hoops world. So grab your coffee. It is time to talk some NEI Hoops. Good morning, Trev. We are now on episode three of NHR The Podcast on what is the biggest Saturday we have had to date not just from amount the amount of games on the slate, but also the amount of big conference games that are actually starting today. Well, uh, but before we get going on that, uh, let's go ahead and recap some of the last week's uh, action. I know that uh, for me, I had Valley City State and Jamestown last Saturday um, as, as one of my games of the week. And the uh, Valley City State actually came away with a big win, 99-83 over Jamestown. Um, just a great win by by Valley City State. Um, in-state game, they, they're they playing really, really well. They just picked up their fourth uh, win in a row last night. Um, and then my other game of the week uh, was on Monday. Um, we had LSU Alexandria hosting Loyola. And Loyola got the big uh, road win, 101-93. For those that don't know, LSU Alexandria doesn't lose at home very often down in the fort. And uh, that Loyola team, I, I'm telling you, I've, I've alluded to it a couple times. I think they're a top-ten team in the country. Um, we'll see when the new new rankings actually come out on December 2nd. Uh, they pushed it back. They were supposed to come out this week, but they pushed it back to December 2nd. But uh, that loyalty team is definitely a team that's going to be be a factor uh, in in the national title hunt. Uh, I'm looking forward to see them more this year as well. So what about your games of the week?
1: Yeah, good morning. Good to be back for Episode 3. Um, like you said, we had, a, we had a big week with games and an even bigger Saturday coming up. So I'm excited to dive into those. I had mentioned a lot of games last week that caught my eye, but my main one was uh Freed Hardman at Florida college. And I, I already remember you kind of calling me out after the game because I jinxed it a little bit talking about two of the better three point shooting teams in the nation. But, uh, Freed Hardman, um, got, came away with the win, 77 65. Neither team shot the ball. Well from three, uh, Freed Hardman, 23%, Florida college, 32%. But, uh, um, it, it Fried Hardman had a 5 point lead at halftime and then both offenses kind of picked up in the second half and and Fried Hardman end up coming away with a double digit victory um but they look good they picked up another win over Lindsey Wilson and i think later in the show we're talking to coach Stutz um from Fried Hardman so it's exciting time for them um yeah, and i'm i'm ready to get excited, get dive into these uh these games today yeah for sure and and just kind of given a, a we've we've started to get into you know
0: the conference season a little bit. Um, you, you know we're not we're not fully there. You know it's kind of weird looking through some of the standings because you have some teams that are you know played four five six you know uh, games and then you have games that are teams that haven't even played a single game yet. But uh, um, as far as the the slate go or the as far as the schedule goes right now we are starting to get into some of the heart of the, the conference seasons. And, and even starting today, we have, we have more leagues picking up uh, their first com- conference games or even their second conference games of the year. Um, it's always a fun time because conferences – I don't care what conference, conference you're in. I know a lot of people think that – I think every single person out there, every single player, every single coach, probably every single AD will think that their league is the best league, you know. And, 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 and rightfully so. I mean, you should always think that about your own league. Um, you know, we, we're not going to sit here and tell you what leagues are the best or not best. We, we think that there's a lot of good ones, but every league is unique and tough in its own right. I think that's the most important thing. You know, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, some, some teams have 12 teams, you know, 14 teams in their league and they, they have to play a, a long grind out style or grind out schedule. Um, there's other leagues that, uh, you know, they have to play Friday, Saturday games for in conference. So you play conference game Friday, and then turn around, and play conference game on Saturday, so, you know, every every league's got their unique um, toughness to it. And, and that's what I think I love about the NEI the most, is just that, uh, you know, every league is very, very tough in its own right. Um, and as we get into it a little bit, you know, there's some of the teams that are some of the leagues that have played some games. Uh, right now, the Appalachian Athletic Conference, you know, out, out in the East Coast there, you know, they, uh, they've played a couple games. Most of their teams have played, you know, one game or two games. Uh, right now, Brian and Kentucky – Christian are, are one and zero in the league. Columbia International sitting at two and one, and Point Georgia, who's actually looked pretty nice, uh, sit at three and two. So that that's kind of the where the Appalachian Athletic um, they've played played several games right now. Then you jump down to the G Pack, you know, and and, and the G Packs right here in the central uh, part of the United States, and Concordia is, is out and running right now. And, and I think dating back to last year, um, I, I don't have the exact number, but they've won like eight or nine straight G Pack games. Um, they're obviously the GPAC, uh, defending GPAC tournament champions, champions, uh, and they're, they're starting off the year. Well, again, five and one overall 2 zero in the conference. Um, yeah, you, you have Dakota Wesleyan and Dort and all those guys right there too. That, that league will be a, will be a beast all year long as well. Number seven morning side, they lost their first game to, to Jamestown, but they'll be ready to go. They'll be at the top of the, at the division as well. Um, just looking around. Yeah, William Penn in at two and zero in the heart. I know there's a lot of heart games today, so that that'll shape up a little bit more. Um, you know, the KCAC uh, it's it's off and running as well. Um, I know that uh, they they've had some a lot of games postponed, but uh, you know you got Bethany McPherson sitting at one and up, up top there. Oklahoma Wesleyan at two and one, still waiting to see Ottawa. You know, one of the favorites to win the league. They're they're still mm-hmm. waiting to play their first conference game. We're not gonna go uh, a full dive into these conferences, but. Uh, um, you know the Sun Conference, Ave Maria. You know they're two and zero right now. Um, Southeastern Florida, two and one. You know that the, the Sun Conference is actually they're they're fun to watch. I mean they they got a lot of talent, a lot of a lot of players mm-hmm. that uh, um, you know. That I, I know that uh, Florida Memorial has Sun foot too that has some NBA interest already. Um, so just trying to gauge that league a little bit as it as it gets going as well. So.
1: Yeah, it'll be, um, it'll be interesting, too, to see how the NAI handles all this, too, because some conferences, like the KCAC, like the Heart, they have a lot of teams in their league, and you have a rigorous schedule already, like you mentioned. Add that on top of COVID, games getting postponed, move to a different time, travel gets messed up. Um, unfortunately, kids get sick, so they're out of practices for two, three weeks. So your, teams are, your team are, is looking different. And when you have so many teams to play, so many games to get in, you're looking at a week where you might play like a Tuesday, Friday, Monday. That's three games in less than seven days. And if you are affected by this pandemic or things get moved around where you have multiple games, um, it's going to be tough. So um, I know they, you know, conferences that have more games, they might have, you know, some of their top teams with more losses to maybe mid-level or lower teams in the conference. And I really hope that doesn't affect them a whole lot because um, they're kind of at a disadvantage playing so many games um, to try to get them in and try to play everybody. I know the KCAC, for instance, I mean, they have 14 teams. I'm not sure if there's another conference that has that many teams and now you have to play everybody twice. Sorry, 13 teams. you got to play everybody twice. So that's 24 games that you have to get in in order to make the season work. Um, It's just a lot to do. I know, like you mentioned with the KCAC, so many games have been postponed already. Ottawa hasn't played a game. St. Mary hasn't played a game. Bethany McPherson have only played one game, so um, they were hoping to get maybe five or six of these games in by the end of um, the um, first semester. So there's still December, a couple games in December to go, but um, it's not looking like they're going to reach their goal for some of these teams, and there's going to be a busy second half, and that's just going to affect them, um, you know, especially if a team gets hit with the virus. Um, I can't imagine trying to have to work around that to work with travel, and then that many games played during a week. Yeah, no doubt. And and
0: some of the scheduling that we've seen already. You know, I know that. Uh, you know, I I think uh, I was contacted by Indiana Tech. I believe on Monday or Tuesday, uh, they were trying to get games for Thursday, Friday, or Saturday of this week, and and they did find one for Thursday against Taylor. You know, and so you, you're getting a, a quick turnaround game. You know, you you may schedule a game you know, early on the week for later on that week, you know, and that's just kind of how teams have adjusted, you know, they've they've adapted and adjusted to the to the scheduling. You may have to – you may have no scout report on a team. You may just have to go play because, you know, some of these teams are, are short on games and they're trying to get these games in, especially before conference play um, because you want to be as battle-tested as you can before you start conference and league play because you want to – you know, you want your team to be ready to go. Um Some of these teams are just having to play their first game, you know, as a conference game and and live with it as well. So the scheduling is definitely interesting. Um, It's kind of fun, you know, from the Mm -hmm. outside point. I'm sure it's not fun inside the inside some of those uh, scheduling meetings and things like that. But Mm -hmm. uh, some of these teams just have to have to pick and choose and go with the game, whatever they can get on the schedule and go with it.
1: Yeah, and you might have a conference game planned, like you said for two days from now, and then all of a sudden that game gets postponed and you're looking super quick to find a replacement. You might just pick up someone out of conference just because both teams need the game. So, um, it's definitely, it it can be an advantage for these coaches too. And these players, you know, just, I mean, it's adversity. I mean, adversity helps build the character. And, you know, when you have your whole schedule messed up and you have to go out and play a team, you have no idea what they are. Um, I mean, it's good for you. It might not show on the results or the film or whatever, but, um, it really does get you battle tested for conference play, and conference play is super important this year. Absolutely, um, especially with the two divisions merging.
0: Absolutely, you know, you know, it's a, uh, it, it's one of those things where I think that it, the teams that have the right mindset and mind frame, and, and are attacking it rather than complaining about it, mm-hmm. you know, I think those will have those will be the teams that you'll see flourish through all this because. You know, you, you do. You you may have to hop on a bus with whoever you have on, you know, whoever yep. you have on a roster, and go play a game. And um, yeah, it's it, it's not ideal, um, obviously. But uh, you know, the teams that just kind of go and, and adjust on the fly, and and, and those deep teams, you know, there, there's there's a lot of teams across the country, especially some of the blue bloods, that have a deep deep roster, and they can they they will be able to flourish through this uh, more than others because if they lose one or two guys they'll be able to pick up the slack with some of their, with their deep bench and things like that. So um, I, I think, I think that's one of the things you'll see too, is just how, how deep some of these teams are. Um, but yeah, I, you know, moving on, I, I want I, we talked about the Mid-South Conference a little bit, uh, a team that, you know, I, I like them. I, 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 we've, we've talked about them a lot. Um, and, and you mentioned them earlier. They were, your game in, in your game of the week last week and, and freed Hardeman. Um, you know, they're, they're making the transition from from American Midwest Conference into the Mid-South this year. This Freed Hardeman team is a very, very good team, you know, and, and uh, we had the, the great opportunity to interview Coach Stutz. We're joined this morning by Coach Drew Stutz, head men's basketball coach at Freed Hardeman in Henderson, Tennessee. The Lions are 4-0 right now and are coming off a 22-point Mid-South Conference win over Lindsey Wilson. The Lions have won 11 of their last 15 games and will – now face their first Mid-South road test later on today as they travel to Cumberland University. Good morning, Coach. Glad to have you join us on Episode 3 of NHR, the podcast, and congrats on a 4-0 start to the season.
2: Good morning. I appreciate it. Glad to be here and uh, very thankful to to have gotten four games in and uh, to have won them as well, so glad to be here this morning.
0: Coach, you guys, are like we said, sit at 4-0 right now uh, with your first Mid-South win. Uh, what do you count your early season success to?
2: Uh, you know, we get a group of guys that are really unselfish. You know, I think that's where it really begins is is guys that want to play for each other and uh play to win the game most, not for individual stats. But uh, you know, really Coach Mitchell, uh Jake Mitchell, my assistant here and I, we've we've put together a really good roster and uh guys that are that are high character guys, uh that truly care about each other and care about representing our university well. And so, uh, if I had to point to one thing, it'd be unselfishness. But obviously, that's a big part of just just being high character.
0: Yeah, well, and, and that unsex- or unselfishness, uh, you know, eludes in your stats. You got three players right now that are all averaging sixteen points per game. You have a fourth averaging ten points per game, um, and then one and your fifth one is just outside. So you you guys are a well balanced team. Um, one of the, one of the players that uh, you know we've talked about a few times, not just this year but last year as well. Um, it, it's Courtland Martin and what he belongs. Uh,
1: you know, I know he doesn't
0: get a lot of the hype that some of the players around the country get, but he is one of our favorite players. We enjoy watching him play. Uh, can you talk about a little bit about him and and uh, Wanya and and uh, Muscle White and and what they mean to you guys?
2: Yeah, Courtland Martin. I'll talk about him first. Um, you know, I was an assistant here uh, his freshman year, and then left for a year and came back as the head coach last year. And so I've seen him progress from being an incoming freshman to the player that he is today. Uh, you know, he's just an incredible young man to begin with. Um, again, great character, young man, does a great job in the classroom, uh, is going to get a degree this year in business. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I mean, he's been a joy to coach. Uh, he, he is a guy that every single day, without exception, every practice I've ever been in, brings it every single day. And, uh, I mean, those guys, all, all coaches know, those guys are rare to find. And uh, so he really sets the tone with, um, you know, with how he approaches each day in practice, in film, uh, in his work ethic, in the weight room, and outside of practice. But just incredible work ethic. Uh, Win first player. You know, the other night he said uh, – "a." Set a new uh FHU assist re- uh, record in a single game. Uh, had 16 assists the other night, and he's a guy who also last year set a scoring record in a single game. So, uh, versatile player, willing passer. Again, he's a guy that's a that's a win first guy. Uh, Wanye King is new to us this year, uh, transfer from Arkansas Monticello. Um, knew his high school coach and junior college cl- coach, and. Uh, again, really good player, extremely talented. Uh, the night went nine for 11 from three. But, you know, he's got the ability to score the ball in a lot of ways. Obviously, an elite shooter, but can put it on the floor and do some things um, in transition as well. And then, John Muscle White, uh, he was also an incoming freshman the year that I was uh, an assistant here, and it's been great to see him progress. Uh, As we recruited him that year, he really came in mostly as just a a shooter, but over the course of time has really become a a complete player. I mean, he's affecting both ends of the floor, Uh, just with his activity level, how hard he competes. Uh, I think he's averaging about 11 boards a game, so four games in. I think he's about 16, 16 points, 11 boards. You know, he's he's shooting about 45% from three, but he's just a do-it-all kind of guy. And uh, Cortland and and John Musselwhite are two of our three captains, the third being Silas Clark, who's a gritty player, really tough and respected by his teammates. But those three guys that you specifically mentioned are, are big pieces for us as we move forward.
0: Yeah, and, and just talking a little bit about moving forward, I know – you guys are making the transition from the American Midwest conference uh, into the Mid-South this year. And a lot of people would regard the Mid-South as one of the top conferences in the, in the country. Can you talk a little bit about that transition and kind of what you guys are are looking forward to? I know you are one game in, but it's a long Mid-South season and kind of what, what the season will look like when you get into more conference season or conference games.
2: Sure. Sure. Yeah. We're excited. Uh, We're excited. You (laughs) know, realistically, um, you know, I don't know that our win-loss margin may not be as much as if we were in another uh, conference, but uh, just being challenged night in and night out is is going to be great for our program. Um, you know, I talked to uh, Coach Lindsey Wilson last night, and he's been assistant there for a long time. And, you know, the thing in the Mid-South is you're, you're not going to show up on any night and just show up and win. I mean, there's talent on every single team in the conference, uh, you know, a lot of Blue Bloods and NAI are, are in the Mid-South. And so we're looking forward to the challenge. I mean, obviously the goal here is to get our program to one where we can compete for conference championships and, and making deep runs into the national tournament and uh, hopefully compete for, for a national championship one day. Um, so I think you do that by playing the best. And so, you know, we're excited to be in there. We know that uh, there'll be some ups and downs potentially down the road. Uh, because of the talent in that league, but excited for the challenge, and uh, and look forward to seeing how this year goes.
0: For sure, and I know that the, uh, I know that in the preseason conference uh, ratings, I know they don't mean much, but uh, the the newcomer, the three newcomers of the league weren't, weren't treated very nicely, <laughs> as they were all three at the at the bottom sure. of, the, of the thing. And you guys were picked eleventh. Um, but you know you got your first win out of the way, and and now you uh, turn your attention to uh, later this afternoon and as you guys uh, will face off against Cumberland university and get your first road, uh, mid South road game. Can you, uh, talk a little bit about the game tonight or sure. the, later on this
2: afternoon? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, headed over to Cumberland tonight.
0: Um, you know,
2: good team only played one game up to this point. So, uh, COVID, you know, is really affecting things as far as some of your scouting, and knowing who's playing and who's not and things like that. But, uh, but Cumberland always does a good job, played them a few years ago. Um, so talented team, they got, a a player uh, at point, uh, number 12, trying to think of the young man's name, but really good talent, uh, last name King, um, transfer from University of North Alabama, who's 50-yard, really good player, and then they surround him with some some guys that can really shoot it and a post player in Isaac Stevens who battles down low. So, uh, you know, I think they'll be one of the better teams that we face this year and, and looking forward to the challenge.
0: Well, good. Well, we're looking forward to the game as well. I know that uh, like I said I know that uh, the the conference weren't wasn't very nice for the newcomers but I, I do think that the you know I know you guys at FHU, uh have a, have a better team than I think a lot of people uh, were kind of expecting and um even at 4 and 0 this year you know it's off to a great start but it's a long season and we're looking forward to watching some more LINE hoops. Yes sir.
2: Yes sir. No we uh we know we're just getting things started and we've got everything to prove and uh, you know the good thing is that now, we, we hopefully, you know, if things go as planned, we'll have the opportunity to to prove what we think we can do this year.
0: Well, great. Well, best of luck, Coach. I appreciate you coming on the show. We're looking forward to watching you guys some more and looking forward to the game tonight. Best of luck to you guys.
2: Absolutely. I appreciate you taking the time and appreciate all you do for, for NAI Hoops.
0: It was great having Coach Steps on. I, I know that uh, they'll be ready to go tonight uh, or later this afternoon at 3 p.m., um as they as they face a tough Cumberland team on the road. Mid-South games are always tough on the road. So, you know, it'll be it'll be an interesting one for them. But uh, definitely great to to catch up with Freed Harman, Coach Stutz, and I believe that they'll have a, a great rest of the year.
1: Moving on to our
0: weekly shout-outs. Trev, who do you got for us?
1: Uh I have sophomore guard from Oklahoma Wesleyan, uh Caleb Stokes. Uh, the team went up to Salina and knocked off Kansas Wesleyan, which is always a good matchup between the two teams. I believe the score was 85-70. to 70. Um, It was pretty close at, the, uh, at halftime, but um, second half the Eagles pulled away. But Stokes, uh, sophomore guard, 12-15 of 15 shooting, 5 rebounds, and 28 points to lead the Eagles. So that was a big-time performance from them on the road. Um, and he's not really a guy who who likes to score the ball a lot. He's, he's usually the, the point guard, the guy that brings the ball up, and he kind of gets the offense going. So um, it looked like Kansas Wesleyan was kind of focusing in on uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan's other options, and Stokes really stepped up with a nice game there. So uh, kudos to him.
0: For sure, for sure. And I'm going to give a shout-out, a couple shout-outs here, but a player shout-out to – well, I'm actually going to give a shout-out to Jake Palmer, who's, you know, he writes for us and and does some things with the North star. He's a guy he's been talking and I hope I pronounced his name right, but Eddie Oya from Valley city state is a guy that Jake has been mentioning to me three or four different times um, as a, as a player to watch. And and he's actually going to be in our players to watch this week uh, or for today um, in today's segment. But uh, Eddie, Eddie was a kid that Jake has been mentioning to me and going into that Valley city state uh, Jamestown game, um you know eddie came off the, eddie eddie actually had a had a big time game and was named the the uh, north star player of the week so i want to give a shout out to not just eddie but to jake for jake kind of called a shot right there <laughs> he's been talking about this kid for a while and then he was named the uh the player of the week so shout out to jake shout out to eddie those were, were big time performances um i do i do want to give out a couple shout outs any i any i has two well we have we have multiple tournaments. Uh. That, that are fun and, and holiday tournaments that are kind of like the NCAA division one ones, but uh, two of them, they're coming up this week. Uh, Ken French, who was the, the old uh, coach at Rio Grande. Uh, he's a, uh, he, he puts on the show um, out in Tennessee. It's a, it's, uh, it's a several NEI teams that come and they meet up and they play a three-day kind of like a showcase type thing. But uh, the show matches some teams up uh, from different leagues that, may not see each other across the year. And it's just a three-day showcase. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about next week because he, it actually starts uh, after Thanksgiving here. But I uh, just want to give out a shout-out to Ken French for keeping that going. I know he's lost a couple of teams um, and he's been able to fill up, fill the holes. Um, so so we want to make sure that we, we draw some attention to that. And then again, uh, the other holiday tournament, the Battle at the Beach, um, it's just in its second year. It's hosted down there by Faulkner. Uh, last year was actually a tournament. Um, I believe because of of COVID situations this year, it's just going to be kind of like a three day um, uh, three day classic as well, kind of where you know you play play three games in three days uh, rather than tournament style. It was it was really really fun as a tournament style last year. I thought uh, you know there were some big time teams down there and and, and big time matchups with the tournament style, um, and hopefully they'll get back to that. But I want to give a big big shout out to both of those uh, the show and the Battle at the Beach because they're good for the NEI. Um, I think that does help draw attention uh, when you have events like that and hopefully we'll have a couple more pop up. I know uh, there's one in Arizona every year as well, but hopefully, uh, and hopefully they'll have that one. I'm not sure. I haven't seen that one on the schedule yet, but um, but yeah, you know, some of those tournaments for NEI um, similar to the holiday tournaments for, for the division one programs. um, They're fun for fun for the NEI uh, players and coaches, but they're, they're also, um, help bring attention to the NEI and, and those are nice to have. So I want to give a shout out to both of those
1: moving on Trev to our games of the week.
0: What do you got for us?
1: Oh, I know we're excited. And I'm sure a lot of people are ready for, uh, Marion, Indiana, Wesleyan tonight. Um, I mean, we have these games circled on our calendar every, every year, um, big conference game up in the crossroads, um, both teams undefeated, Marion, three, and zero. Indiana, Wesleyan seven and zero. um, Marion is top five in scoring defense and then of course Indiana Westland is top five in scoring offense. They've been putting up over a hundred points, I think, in every game but one. The only time they didn't, they scored ninety-seven. So um Marion's holding their their teams to um their opponents to fifty three points per game. So it'll be a clash of uh clash of styles here. Um and I think this this is Easily probably the the best team Indiana Wesleyan has played on their schedule so far. They've had a couple tough games, but uh, um, of course this inter-conference inner game between the two should be something to watch. Kyle Mangus averaging 32 points per game. Um, he's been outstanding. Um, and then you see a Marion team who really likes to spread the ball around in, in their scoring offense too. So um, that's at 1 o'clock, I believe, today. Um, yeah, one, 1 p.m. Eastern, 1 I p.m. Believe. Eastern. Central. Um, so that should be... Should should be a good one, and we're we're excited to um to tune into that one. Um, other than that, I was kind of look. We only have really Saturday today, and then Tuesday are our biggest slates, and then the thing the the schedule kind of calms down heading into Thanksgiving. So, um, one game on Tuesday that kind of intrigues me as well is um Asbury at Pikeville. Again, I was just kind of looking through the schedule, and I see um. But again, Asbury, a really good defensive team in their two games, um, top five, top 10 in a lot of different categories. And then Pikeville, um, same thing offensively. Um, they've been putting up the ball or putting the ball in the basket a lot. Um, they've only had the one game, though, but they're usually historically a good team. They had 97 points in their opening win over Rio Grande. So um, a good Mid-South conference game. We just mentioned the Mid-South, how it's going to be really tough this year. Um, so you got to get take wins when you can get them. So, Excited to see how that one turns out.
0: For sure, I'm I'm excited about that one later today. That uh, should be a big time game. Uh, excited to see. Hopefully everybody's healthy. I know Marion had uh, had a couple kids out the last game, so you know you, in those big time matchups, you hope everybody plays and you get, get to see both teams yep. uh, at full strength. So my game is actually on Wednesday. Um, it is going to be. Uh, LSU Sh- Shreveport number six, LSU Shreveport hosting number two MacU. Um, I, I just think that uh, LSU Shreveport's got two of the best. I, I talked about it the other day in the in the or as my players will watch, but LSU Shreveport um, has one of the best backcourts in the in the country. Um, both of those guys can score it. Uh, I, I think that'll be a fun fun little backcourt. Yeah, Omar Boone from MacU. That uh, right now he's averaging eighteen and a half points per game. Uh, big time score. Um, just, just two, two programs, two blue bloods that uh, I think, I think that game, one, I think that game is going to be very high scoring. I think it'll be up up and down uh, tempo wise. Um, hopefully it'll, hopefully it'll be played, but if it is played that, we expect to expect a very, very good game in that one. Um, and, and both teams, you know, as we talked about earlier, um, this is an out of conference game, but you know, th- this will be a big game for, for down the road when, when the national tournament uh, committee is getting together and, and seating people, I think uh, you know, a game like this can can definitely go a long way in, in helping out your seating as well. So looking forward to that game. Um like you said, a little bit of a smaller slate with with Thanksgiving coming up. And uh, you know, but but definitely have some some big games uh not just today, but over the course of the week. So looking forward to the entire week uh of NEI basketball. Closing up shop here, uh you know, I do want to make sure we wish everybody a, a happy Thanksgiving. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, no matter what you decide to do, you know, whether you're going to see family or, or you're going to do it virtually or whatever you decide to do this year, um, stay safe, and, and we, we hope you have a great Thanksgiving.